I know. Poor money. Poor money is like trying to help us, trying to give us all this stuff that is awesome. And all we do is treat it like it's filthy. It's really lame. Welcome to the Up In Your Business podcast, building you to do business better. This show is about intention, transparency, and insights from business professionals sharing their personal business. Discover what they've learned the hard way so you don't have to. Empowering a new breed of self-aware leadership. Here's your host, Angus Nelson. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 064 of the Up In Your Business podcast, where we are building you to do business better. I'm your host, Angus Nelson, and I'm a speaker, writer, and business consultant. I help brands connect with their audience, improve their culture, and build better businesses. So if you want to advance your influence and increase your revenue and impact, and if you want solid, practical, actual business insights, well, you have come to the right place, my friend. And here you're going to learn some key strategies to improve your career, your confidence, and your company. So it's time to take your business up. So let's get up in your business. This show is brought to you by Braintrust Partners. Braintrust Partners helps large companies strategize their customer connection and experience. And as you might know, I'm one of the founding partners. And so whether it's a personalization, digital transformation, or rapid crisis response, Braintrust Partners leverages our decades of experience with advanced technologies and simple, everyday common sense. So we help you impact and advance the quality of your company's customer experience, and also your bottom line. So if you'd like to learn more, simply visit Braintrust.Partners. There's no .com, no .co, just Braintrust.Partners. I'm really excited to share this interview with you. Uh, Reading this book really changed my life. And as many of you listeners know, I've been on my own quest to do business right, uh, limiting my own beliefs, those limiting beliefs, and, and making a better life for me and my family. And what I never really identified before was that I have an issue with money. And my background as a, a pastor's kid, and I worked in nonprofit, I've always been a place where money was something that uh, got in the way. I thought in my head that if I took money from someone for doing something good, that in some way I was diminishing the act of my service. And after all, I'm here to help you, right? And making you pay for it would be less than altruistic. So I kind of had this jacked up way of seeing money. And this line of thinking caused me to do a whole lot of work for free. So in some ways, I think I've been kind of an idiot. Uh, because what I've realized, too, is that people put value on things they pay for. Did you hear me? People put value on things they pay for. If it doesn't cost them something, it's not as much of value to them. And since I've learned that putting a value on something actually increases the degree of appreciation, it also gets better results. People act on what costs them something, and they have a higher perceived value on something that costs more. So I've come a long way, and yet after reading this book, I found that there's still some areas I need to develop and change my own belief system about money. And my hope is that you'll learn some of these principles too. So today, we're talking with a New York Times bestselling author, 
she wrote, uh, You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. And uh, after all of that success that she had with that book, it, you know, like I said, shot up to the top. Um, she wrote another book, and we're actually going to talk about some of the challenges of what it's like to have a successful book and then feel the pressure of writing the next book. And this is that next book. It's called You Are a Badass at Making Money, Master the Mindset of Wealth. And I have to admit, I, I thought this whole book was going to be about, you know, stashing away a certain amount of money every month for your 401k, investing in some mutual funds and all that other blah, 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 stuff that makes my head hurt. It's not about that at all. In fact, I think you're really going to appreciate the perspective that she puts on it. So she is a success coach and motivational cattle prod who has helped countless people transform their personal and professional lives via her seminars, uh, public ex uh, appearances, newsletters, products, and books. Today, we are talking with Jen Sincero. Let's get into that interview right now. Well, hello, Jen. What is it that made you smile the biggest this week? Ooh, that's a very good question. I think taking my dog to the dog park jumps out of the car at this place and like the ears going one direction, the paws going one direction. He's just airborne. It's ah, I want to live at the dog park. I got to be on. <laughs> <laughs> I am so ecstatic to talk with you today uh, for two reasons. One is what you've been able to accomplish um, from where you've come and what you've attained. That's been an awesome ride, an awesome journey. And I'd love to celebrate that. But even more so is I love the fact that it's so much of a psychological, emotional element to you, who you are and how you represent what you do. So first of all, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So let's dive right in. We're talking about your book and then we're going to talk about you because you are a badass. And your uh, book, You're a Badass at Making Money. My first question is, why do we have such a hang-up about money? Because we live in a world that is so freaky deaky about it. We live in a very fear-based society. And we have created this filth factor around money where the mere sentence, I love money, is is like it's a gross statement. Money is a for is like a dirty word. And mm -hmm. so we have to deprogram ourselves from that and unhook ourselves from those beliefs. If we really want to start raking it in. So you had a, an issue with money. How did that come about? What was it that you did to overcome it? <clears throat> well, I, first of all, admitted that I had the issue. You know, hi, my name is Jen and I have an issue with money. <laughs> and then I honestly, it's so stupid sounding, but I made the decision not to have the issue anymore because I wanted money more than I wanted whatever my issue was. So I decided I was going to become aware of what my issues were mm -hmm. and get over them and do whatever it took to start making real money. And so I think particularly with the political environment that we're in, people look at our current president and they see the power of wealth and they have all of these labels and judgments they place over people who, you know, they're going to say words like, oh, he's ridiculous rich, or they're going to say, oh, he's, well, fill in the blank. Like uh -huh. that is such a disdain and a dishonor to what money is capable of. And in your book, you unpack some of that. Can you share some yeah. of the things that money makes possible? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, you know, we literally use it every single day of our lives. So it just blows my mind that we make it such a filthy, bad thing. So it's in, you know, the water that is running through our faucets. It's in the lights we turn on in our house. It's in the food. It's in the clothes we wear. It's in the cars we drive. It's everywhere. And so healing your relationship with money is one of the most important things you can do. Honestly, as a human being on planet Earth existing in our society, you have to have money. And not just to survive, but to really thrive. And so I spent a lot of time in my book getting people aware and conscious of their limiting beliefs, you know, like money is the root of all evil and rich people, you know, kill the rich and um, that rich bastard and money doesn't grow on trees and you have to work really hard and do things that are not fun to make money. We have so many negative beliefs around it. And when you get out of being on autopilot and start questioning these beliefs, you realize, you know, hey, that's not necessarily true, nor is it helping me. (laughs) And I love in each chapter, you end with some exercises, you know, to make a list of five of these or 10 of that, and specifically about things that can be a struggle. I mean, I even looked at some of those questions like, I, I actually need to sit down and do some of this. And I chewed up your book. I didn't take the time to do the exercises. That's in full disclosure. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if you can see my video, but I chewed up this book. Um, like you literally chewed it? Well, okay, let's not get back to the golden doodle. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I I have notes and I have this thing dog-eared. There you go. There's some more fun awesome. for you. Yeah, and it's the dog you ha- show. Yeah, and underlined here, Uh, You said about rich. What does it mean to be rich? Able to afford all the things and experiences required to fully experience your most authentic life. We think rich is something narcissistic. We Mm -hmm. think it's overbearing. We think it's arrogant. But we don't really connect with the the things that money makes available. And in each chapter, where you have all those questions and kind of the quiz part that helps you process the information that you deliver— you have these little statements. So here's a couple of them. I love money because I love living an amazing life. I love money because it comes when I call. And these are like really serious mental stuff to wrap your brain around because of all those negative things. Mm -hmm. Did you experience (laughs) some of that negative programming about how your parents interacted with one another around money or was it somebody close to you or a teacher or a coach? What what was it that influenced you? I honestly, the the one really big one that I discovered um, after I started doing a lot of work, um, you know, reading all the self-help books and going to the money-making seminars, I I realized that I had a big thing around believing that money was for other people, not for me, Mm. that people with mansions and yachts and private jets were almost like a different species. Basically, they were grownups and I was forever a 17 year old, you know, person living in a garage (laughs) and that I I just could never really become that much of a grown up. I truly believed in my heart that it wasn't there for me the way it was for them, Mm -hmm. you know, that I couldn't make it like that. But the one, the, you know, so I, I sort of figured out all those things that were going on with me around money. Uh, but I had one that was very deeply embedded that was a hum dinger when I realized it. And it was that uh, my dad used to give me money to, to show me he loved me, like it was his way of taking care of me. And, you know, he'd like hand me a 20 or write me a check for a hundred bucks or whatever. And 
And I realized that in my subconscious, I felt like if I got really rich and successful, my dad wouldn't be able to show me his love anymore. And it would be like stabbing him in the heart. Mm. And I realized that when I made one of my biggest leaps into the unknown financially hiring a coach for just an insane amount of money at the time. And it brought that up full center. And I was like, oh, hello, limiting yeah. belief. Yeah, because uh, we, we don't all have $85,000 laying around. Yeah. Yeah. I don't either. I didn't then. I mean, I do now. Woo woo. <laughs> and I, and I, I love that story about how you did it too, because you, you yeah. had some full disclosure, you know, how at first it didn't come and then you had to make an ask and you risked making a fool of yourself. You risked being rejected. You risked not having the money to get a coach by mm -hmm. letting those fears step in your way. Now, on that same token, you know, this is not your first book you've written before and you had success. What kind of fears did you have about putting the next book out? Oh, my God. I'm so glad you asked this question, because when it came time to write this book after the number one New York Times bestseller that came before it, that, you know, exceeded my expectations beyond my wildest dreams. Seriously, right. that book just was insanely successful. So then you know, everybody's all pumped for the next one. And I'm literally lying face down in my driveway, in my bathrobe, sobbing because I can't think of anything to say. And there's no way that it's even going to hold up against the first one. I mean, I had a full blown meltdown. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. And then picked myself up off the driveway and sat my ass down and wrote, the, wrote the book, <laughs> you know, but I think that, um, you gotta, you gotta face your fears. You gotta, you just gotta do it anyway. And then I remember thinking, you know, it's fine if it doesn't compare greatly to the other book as long as I do the best job I can do and put everything in it that I think is important and really give it my all that that is that's all that matters and I'm writing a book right now and oh, wow. I know the risk that it has in your own head is when you put something down you you question like do I really matter and are people going to even like there's so many people saying some of the same stuff like what makes me different Jen if you're speaking to this listener uh, that's uh, listening to this right now, like, what are you going to tell them about those voices in their head? Listen, humans have been around for a very long time, and there are very few things that you can do that are 100% original, never, ever been done before. Certainly there are. That's not the point here. The point here is that you are going to do it your way. So that's all that matters. And understanding how valuable your own uniqueness is, your own you-ness is, is everything. And so that's why being your authentic self and sharing your experience. And quite frankly, I always find, especially as a writer, saying the thing that's kind of scary to say because it's so revealing mm -hmm. is that's where the real juice is. I mean, you don't have to share your entire personal life with everybody, but if it's if it's a pushing a button in you and it seems going out on a limb and scary, understand that that's what people are going to relate to and respond to. And the more of yourself that you share with other people, the better chance you have of it resonating and of you finding your people. You know, yeah. if you're trying to be somebody else or trying to do it the way other people do it, you're not going to find your tribe. So it's very liberating and exciting to just be whoever the hell you are. Right, <laughs> I mean, right. seriously. And, you know, in that same token, it's, 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 it's the courage to be you and yes. to be unique. And so you listening, um, in your car right now, 
you're driving. I, I always say this, that what you hear about, you think about, you think about, you talk about, and what you talk about, you bring about. And I wish I could say that was my own. I stole it from somebody somewhere years ago. And you said it a little bit differently in your book where you talk about, about your beliefs that drive the bus, your thoughts are your tour guide, your words are the assistant to your thoughts and beliefs, your emotions are the fuel, and your actions build the road. Do you want to speak to that for us? Yeah, it's really all connected. And um, what happens is that sometimes we have part of the equation moving in the right direction and part of the equation is not. So if you're taking all the actions that you think you need to be taking to change your life and make money, but your thoughts are like, you know, your subconscious thoughts and your beliefs are like, and if I make money, all my friends are going to think I'm hoity-toity and too cool for school and better than them and I'm going to be abandoned and I'm going to have no friends. You're not, you know, you're not going to get far. So mm -hmm. it's really about having everything in alignment and, um, you know, the way that you speak about yourself and the way that you think about yourself and how you think about money and all that stuff, taking the time to make sure it's all at its highest frequency and that it's all you know, in alignment with each other is, is, you know, it's so funny. It's easy. That, that stuff sure beats the hell out of like working in a coal mine. You know, like we think that, um, transforming our lives is going to be a big pain in the ass and really hard. And it's like really upgrading your thoughts, making better choices and taking scary risks. Okay. It's, it's scary, but it's not necessarily hard. Hey there, sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to check to see if you're looking for a speaker for your next event. Did you know I do that sort of thing? I know, kind of crazy, right? Podcast guy turned speaker guy. I work with executives with the world's largest companies to advance how they succeed in this ever-evolving business environment. Now, I've spoken at corporate headquarters for Walmart and Whole Foods and Coke, BMW, and several others. I've been featured on AOL.com, Huffington Post, and VentureBeat. I'm also the host of this podcast right here and Inc.com Top 20 Business Podcasts. I have topics that I talk about that include leadership, the future of work, the hard skills of soft skills, managing millennials, and the world of digital transformation. And I can also speak on any number of the topics you've heard right here on the Up In Your Business Podcast show. So if you want more information about how you can contact me and learn about what I can offer and bring to your audience, simply go to angusnelson.com forward slash speaking. There's a link there that will take you to a form that you can fill out and tell me everything that you're looking for. I'll connect with you and we'll make it happen. Again, that's angusnelson.com forward slash speaking. Can't wait to be a part of your next event. Let's get back to the show. The, it's paradox, right? So much of it is paradox. Mm -hmm. on, on one hand, you're trying to grasp something. On the other hand, you're having to let go of something. And there's this exchange where you have to let go of those old thoughts, those old belief systems, those old things that are only holding you back in order for you to have an open hand to now receive these new truths, new realities, and new understandings. You said in uh, your book about thoughts, um, you we're trying to train us how to like kind of, you know, catch ourselves in those limiting beliefs as they come out of our mouths and, and to investigate those things as they're coming out. And, and so one unhelpful thought was money can't buy happiness. Mm. And so you ask the question, what makes me happy? And the answer being hanging out with the people I love, grilled cheese sandwiches, 
being loved and loving others, laughing my ass off, giving great gifts, traveling, hiking, playing with my dog, taking road trips, listening to music, drinking beer, having my own business, leaving huge tips, freedom, and getting massages. (laughs) Like, that's what money is capable of doing. And we give it all these other labels. I know. Poor money. Poor money is like trying to help us. (laughs) Trying to give us all this stuff that is awesome. And all we do is treat it like it's filthy. It's really lame. (laughs) Yeah. What what was it that you first did? Like, was there... Because you're all about action. One of the things you you talk about in this book is, is, is being a person of action. Um, when did you take that first action? Was it the 85,000 or was it a little small increments before that, that you stepped out to change the script for you? Sure. One of the, the, I mean, the 85,000 was enormous, but actually a much bigger leap for me was for a much lower price point. But at the time related to what I was making, it was epic. So when I made the decision to, um, change my life financially, um, I went to all these seminars and, you know, did all this stuff that I was way opposed to cause I was way too cool and it was all too cheesy and you know, whatever. But I, my decision to make money was more important than my decision that I had to be super cool anyway. Mm-hmm. So at one of these things, I met a coach and she was, uh, specifically working with women on their finances. And I really liked her and she, you know, had her electricity turned off and, was now making high six figures and she knew what she was talking about. And I knew I really wanted to work with her. And, um, her fee was one quarter of my annual income at the time. And I was already in major credit card debt. Um, and because I had made the decision instead of saying I can't afford it and moving on, which would have absolutely been my MO before that, Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm, I'm going to find this money and I'm going to work with this woman. And I ended up taking out three more credit cards. I do not know how the hell I got three more credit cards Mm -hmm. with what, you know, the way I was living anyway. And I went deeper into credit card debt and I hired her. And within three months I tripled my annual income. Hmm. So it was the best money I ever spent it, but it was at, it was literally the scariest thing that I could have done at the time because money was such an issue for me and going deeper into the debt, you know, and putting it on your credit card. That's like, the most irresponsible thing you can ever do. So it was terrifying and um, so glad I did it. So to, let's talk about that terrifying. Mm. For you, what does that emotion cause you to do physically and emotionally? Um, and then the flip side of that is when you finally started to get tools in your toolbox to contend with that, what's the flip side? So let's start with the first part. How do you actually cope? And then the second, what are the tools that help you stop coping? You know, I think that's such an interesting question because the feeling of fear is very similar to the feeling of excitement and that just like, oh man, here we go, right? It's almost indistinguishable. And that's when you know you're in the pocket. You want to be scared because it means you're stepping outside of your comfort zone and you don't want to be scared and doing stuff that you hate and that you're not you know, that's not exciting to you. If it's leading in the direction of your goal and you're terrified, that's what you're looking for. So for me, I, um, you know, I'm still growing. I'm still doing stuff that scares me. I'm still, you know, making changes in my life. And I always know that if it's something I really kind of don't want to do because I'm 
freaking terrified <laughs> that mm-hmm. I then I focus more on the desire for the outcome than I do on all of the many things that I'm terrified are going to happen. And I also one of the, this is a great thing. This actually helped me a lot with writing this book, especially in the early days when I was petrified of just sucking. Um, uh, visualizing yourself on the other side already. I would wake up mm. every morning and imagine being on this podcast, like talking about the book that I've already written. Um, really, and not just visualizing it, but feeling yourself in that new space and that excitement and that feeling of accomplishment. And then sitting down and doing the work as opposed to waking up being like, holy crap, what am I going to do? I'm going to get slammed by the critics. Like, how is that helpful? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, for me, it's like nighttime sweats, you know, and not being able to sleep, not being able to eat and all those components. And, you know, fear is an invitation to a new echelon of reality. Absolutely. And I love what you said in your book is to, is, is that fear is, is a signal. It's a, it's a, it's a a marker in the road that lets you know you're on the right path. Um, you know, in your book, um, there's also an element of, um, you contending with, um, what others are going to think of you Mm -hmm. because when you step out to do some of the things you look foolish or you could be perceived or judged as being crazy how was it that you did some of those things? And then what was the real response? Mm. Um, I definitely made some of my very, very close friends and family very uncomfortable, especially because it was money. You know, they were like, what has gotten into Jen? Like she's lost all of her values. She's all about the money. And I was all about the money. I had Mm. to be, you don't, you know, I was getting nowhere by kind of focusing on making money. I had to put all my laser beam focus into making money and be okay with that. And it was scary. I lost friends over it. Um, I still kind of get made fun of by some friends and family Mm -hmm. who are not okay with it. And, And at the same time, I have met some of the most inspiring people I've ever met in my life. And I've been able to experience and contribute in ways I never could before. And totally, it's totally, 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 totally worth it. And the people who are uncomfortable with it, it's, I don't take it personally, you know, Mm. I'm becoming, I know I'm becoming who I'm supposed to be. And that feels more important than staying small so that everybody feels okay. Yeah. And that's what you said in your book. You said that success is not about where you're at. It's about where and who you decide you're going to be in the process. Mm -hmm. Some of those words, some of the people, that's the critical components you speak of. The words from your mouth are bringing realities to your life. And the people that you associate are the people that you imitate. Mm. Now that you're in a different place, what kind of caliber and echelon of individuals have you found yourself entertaining? You know, I still have a lot of my dear, dear old friends and we're still thick as thieves. I may not talk to them about everything I'm doing and they may not be as ambitious as me or whatever. And that's fine. Um, and I, you know, I've gotten into sort of a more, um, internationally excited group because I don't know if you know, I was, I traveled the world for three years, um, while I was writing, you are a badass and lived all over the planet and 
just met such a cool, fun, like-minded, kindred group of people. Um, you know, I've got, I'm very lucky to say I have a whole hell of a lot of great people in my life and they really do span all sorts of different, um, types of lifestyles. But, um, I have definitely pushed myself to, to hang out with people who inspire me and who sort of up my game because they're performing at a certain level that I'd like to be performing at. Mm-hmm. There's a, a saying that I, I often re- kind of reflect on and, and I've shared it before is that I believe that life prepares you for what life is preparing for you. And part of this book has a very spiritual, well, not part of it, a lot of this book has a very spiritual aspect to it. And one of the things you talk about is surrendering. Like, first of all, you probably had no idea and when you started, like, the level of people and influence and wealth that you would get yourself into until you started to obviously visualize. But then the other part was, Every step along the way, every valley, every failure, and learning how to surrender. Can you speak to what that surrendering is all about? Surrender is such a cool concept because I am all about goal setting and action and, you know, not taking no for an answer and tenacities, but it's also about giving the unknown room to manifest within that. So, what can happen a lot of times is we're hauling ass on our business or whatever we're working on and we're working away. And because we're coming at it from the reality that we're presently existing in, we don't recognize the new opportunity because we've never seen it. We don't know what it looks like yet. That's why they say you don't have to know the how you just do what you know how to do and let the universe do the rest. So the how is going to come in some form that you've never experienced because you're, you know, getting into a new level of existence. And so the surrender piece is where you sort of lean back and look around and entertain opportunities that may seem completely bizarre or people who are offering to help you are like, how the hell can they help me? But for some instinctual reason, it seems like it might be right. Um, it's, it's being available to notice a new way of doing something or thinking something or being that you cannot see unless you lean back and take a breath. Because if you stay in your mind and if you stay doing what you already know how to do, mm-hmm. you won't get to that next level. Cause that's all coming from the level that you're at. I totally want to dive into that more, but we're running out of time. (laughs) So I'm going to read two things and then I'm going to give you the last word. Is that cool? Yeah, that sounds fun. So one little nugget. You have infinite greatness inside of you. Let it win over the BS. I love that phrase. And this is what I want to kind of bring us in for landing. It says, when you transform your financial reality, it's not just about gleefully watching the numbers grow in your bank account. It's about who you had to become to make that growth happen. You had to shed your old ways of being and grow into someone who thinks big, someone who finds possibility more interesting than you find the excuses, someone who regards your empty wallet, flimsy resume, and zero idea of how the hell you're going to pull this off as cute little hiccups on your path to greatness. If you can get rich, you can do anything. 
Because not only are you the kind of person who now kicks ass and takes names, but it's all connected. The limiting beliefs that held you back from making money are much of the same crap that's keeping that 20 pounds on, or that inspires you to date people who don't like you, or that has you clouded by doubt and indecision. The dam has been broken, the floodgates of badassery are now open, and your limiting beliefs have been exposed as the frauds that they are. It's like when you get in shape after a serious bout of lazy slobbiness, you start eating better, you walk taller, you're more focused, happier, more confident, more energized, more flirty, more well-shaven. If you want to change your life, change your life. Jen, is there any one last thing you want to leave with us? Yeah. Remember that this is your one and only shot at being the you that is you on planet Earth, and it's not to be wasted. So just go for it as big and bad as you want. I mean, what do you have to lose? Seriously, we're on a planet in outer space. (laughs) It's all ridiculous. So go for it. That's awesome. Well, Jen, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to reach out and get in touch with you, how can they go about doing so? If they go to my website, jensincero.com, that's Jen, and then the word sincero is like sincere. So it's J-E-N-S-I-N-C-E-R-O.com. And all my books and tour dates and all about me is on that website. So. And you're not coming to Nashville. A little disappointed about that. I am very disappointed about that. I don't know who made that decision, but I love Nashville. <laughs> well, come on, girl. You're welcome anytime. Thanks Thank so you. much. Thank you so much. This was really, really great. I really appreciate it. I want to thank Jen Sincero for being a part of the show today. Did you like that? I know I did. You know, one of the things that jumped out in reading this book and talking with Jen, you know, we talked about this belief system. Uh, She talked about how your beliefs are driving the bus. Your thoughts are the tour guide. Your words are the assistant. The emotions are the fuel and your actions build the road. Now, all that stuff paints a pretty picture, but the one thing that really, really drives home for me right now is this whole element of belief. You know, I talk about mindset, I talk about mindfulness, I talk about all these things about your thinking. In fact, you've heard me, I've said, you know, what you uh, hear about, you think about, you think about, you talk about, you talk about, you bring about. I think we may have even said that in this interview. Um, But the element that is really critical that I'm coming to discover is that belief is everything. We can think really great things. We can think uh, positively about ourselves. We can have a very healthy um, self-esteem. But self-esteem and that kind of confidence does not necessarily translate to belief. Because ultimately, underlying everything is what we believe about ourselves. And what we don't realize is that if we believe yucky stuff about me, I will naturally, inherently, and organically unconsciously even, create situations around me to validate the junkiness that I feel inside. It's a weird, weird energy vibe. Uh, I don't know if it's spiritual, psychological, or what, but what I do know is it's true. And so I'm kind of changing the way that I'm doing what I do in such a way that I am kind of battling my own belief system. So here's a for example type of thing. If you believe that you're a fighter, that you're a scrapper, that you make things happen, well, guess what? 
you will always create opportunities for you to fight. Whether that be in a meeting, whether that be with your your partner, whether that be a situation um, in life, you'll always create uh, elements or situations where you have to be the contrarian to a dilemma, a situation, or a challenge. Now, that's really deep. But those are the kinds of things I'm talking about. Just like I'm battling with this thing of money, my belief of money being this yucky stuff, as Jen was saying, I'm changing my belief to understand that money is a good thing, that money can change lives, that money helps propel me to be an influence and leave a legacy. I don't want to one day not be around and have nothing to show for it. I want to make the impression in my children and to my spouse and to uh, the people around me, my community, my neighborhood. I want to make such an influence that when one day maybe perhaps I leave, that there will be something left, that legacy. And so that's my belief, is I am believing that I'm creating the kinds of impact that do exactly that. So I I hope that helps you today. Um, Changing your belief system is everything. So if you have elements in your life that if you listen to your words, if you listen to how you interact with others and um, watch yourself almost in third person, you'll start to see what your actual internal beliefs are. Those words from your mouth where you discount yourself, disqualify yourself, or what have you, that is a red flag that there is something about your belief system of what you believe about you that's getting in the way. So that's what I have for you today. If you have any questions or thought about today's show or what I just said, you want to maybe ask me some questions, feel free. You can reach out to me on Twitter, at Angus Nelson is where you can find me there. If if you're looking for any of the links uh, on the show, perhaps to Jen's book, or you want to become part of our private Facebook group, you can go to angusnelson.com forward slash 064, and we can make that happen. I'll have some links up there as well as uh, some show notes for this uh, particular episode. Um, Other than that, I am your host, Angus Nelson. Go ahead and tell your friends about our show, because the greatest compliment you can give to me is a referral to someone else, either by telling them in person or sharing it on the web. I hope that you keep taking your business up by getting up in your business, live intentionally, love extravagantly, and lead with self-awareness. Be amazing. Thanks for listening to the Up In Your Business podcast with Angus Nelson. Find more at upinyourbusiness.co. Remember, That's dot co, not com.